Second Chronicles. I trust that you're there already. Second Chronicles chapter 26 is where we're going to look at. But before I read that, I want to read you just a verse or two in Romans chapter 15. And it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. That's where your comfort comes from, the Scripture right there. Amen. I wish I had a comforting word for you, and if I had one to give you, I'd give it to you freely. I really would. I, if, if there was something you was going through and I had the answer, well, I'd be glad to tell you the truth. Amen? But your real comfort and your real strength going to come from the assurance that God said it. Amen? And what God says He aims to perform. Amen? For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So it's what he's talking about, the, the Scripture that was written before the Scripture that Paul's writing. He's talking about the Old Testament just to be plain about it. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So we want to learn something tonight. We're going to read out of Second Chronicles a little bit. I'm going to read you the story of Uzziah, and then we're going to go over to Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to look at a few things there. And uh, as far as I know, that's the only outline I've got so far. We'll just have to let the Lord have His way tonight. Amen. Got a few thoughts, but that's exactly what we want to do. We want to learn. We want to gain some patience. We want to get some comfort. The Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, it says He's the Father of mercies and He's the God of mercies. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Amen. The Bible says He can comfort us in all our tribulations, all of our trials, and I'm trusting to that this morning. Let me pray, or this evening rather, let me pray, and we'll get into the Scripture there in Second Chronicles chapter 26. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the good singing tonight. And I pray, God, that that's been a blessing to the folks' heart. And Lord, an encouragement and whatever it is, God, that you wanted to do here tonight in the, in the singing service, I pray, God, that you'd perform that and work that. And then, Lord, now it's time for the preaching. And I pray, oh, God, that you'd uh, help me, strengthen me. God, help me to say that which is pleasing to you. Help me say that which is right. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to convey what's in my heart and what's on my mind. And I pray, God, you'd help me to do that well. Help me to say it as good as these poor lips can say it. And then, Lord, I'm trusting you to work through your spirit and to work through your word to communicate to each heart whatever it is you might want to say to them. God, I'm confident that you could, if there's 50 people here tonight, if there's 100 people here tonight, I'm confident that you, through your word, can preach 100 different messages to 100 different hearts. And I pray, oh God, you'd get glory and honor to your name. And I pray, oh God, you would be high and lifted up. We thank you, God, for what you do. Amen. Amen. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 26. <clears throat> Give my eyeballs a minute to focus here. Amen, help yourself. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. 
16 year old was Uzziah when he began to reign. He reigned 50 and two years in Jerusalem. That's a mighty big ministry right there, 52 years. I haven't yet been alive that long. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. You notice the kinship in the Old Testament. Remember what I read you. The Bible says the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. Don't ever get too big for your family. Amen. Amen. Your mama is who your mama is. Amen. Hey, King Solomon's mother was an unfaithful woman. Amen. We often get on to David. We say, oh, there was a time that kings went to war and David stayed at home. And there's been many messages preached like that. The next question is, what was she doing taking a bath in the middle of the day? But hey, what's right is right, and the grace of God is God's grace, and God was able to get something done, amen? And uh, there, there might have been times in Solomon's life, and there might have been time in David's life when he was ashamed of his connection with his mother. But that is what it is, amen? Amen. There might be times, I hope it never comes to pass, but it might, there might be a time when some of my family members would say, boy, he really made a mess there, talking about me. Amen. But still, that's, girls, you got the daddy you got. Amen. Amen. And I want to be a good example to them. Amen. And want to draw them along after me. That's what the word train means, by the way. It's to draw something behind you. Well, look here. I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that these fellas kept going, coming by the house on the four-wheelers, and I chased them down one night and gave them what for? I didn't say no curse words. But I led him to believe I was fixing to whoop up on him. Amen. Well, I told you that very next night. It was a Saturday night that happened. I told you the next day I felt bad about it. On my way to church tonight, I saw them boys putting gas in their four-wheelers up at the, at, the, at the little grocery store. And I got about half a mile past them. I said, I've got to go back and apologize to them boys. Amen. I pulled back up to the gas station, had a stern look on my face. Jumped out of the car and went right over to him. And I said, you the boys I jumped on the other night? He said, I think so. <laughs> you don't think so. You know so, amen. If you was there, you the one that got the chewing. But you know what? I humbled myself right there and I said, boys, I'm sorry I did that. The atmosphere changed. Amen. <laughs> well, if I'd have drove on to church tonight. With that on my heart and mind, knowing they was right there, it had been a different thing. Not only that, one of my girls was in the truck with me. She'll run across a place in her life sometime when she can go on and get bitter or she can humble herself down. Amen. That's exactly right. Amen. All these great men, when they begin to be named off in the Word of God, they talk about their mothers. Yeah. Right. Amen. Talk about their fathers and their mothers and their connections, the good and the bad. And I don't know if you know this or not. You might think you're better than somebody in your family or something like that, but you're the sum total of all the people you grew up around and with and all that stuff. Amen. You might grow up and get out of here and become a, uh, a, million, a millionaire ten times over, but you'll still be connected to these dirt poor 
farmers and market owners and all this kind of stuff right around here, amen. You better not get too big for your britches. I, that wasn't in the outline that just come down from the heavens, amen. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign. He reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of God. Praise the Lord. I want to stop and say praise the Lord right there. Have you ever read the book of Chronicles and the book of Kings and the books of Samuel? Have you ever read those? Have you ever read about the judges? Have you ever read these stories before in your life? If you have, you'll recognize that there's not too many of these old boys that follow up with that statement. He done right in the sight of the Lord. These kings are a dime a dozen, but I'll tell you there ain't hardly a dozen in the whole list where they say, and he did right in the sight of the Lord. And he did right in the sight of the Lord. And there's going to be many a man that claims to be a Christian. There's going to be many a man that claims to believe this book. But there'll be few and far between that do right in the sight of the Lord. He said, Brother Mike, are you a legalist? Are you one of them people that thinks we got to live right? Listen, you can call it what you want to, honey. You can just put whatever label you want to on it. But I've lived long enough to know that sin still kills. And doing the right thing still puts you on the right side of things. Amen. The way of the transgressor is hard, and I've had about enough of that, ain't you? Amen. Amen. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And I'm glad for God's grace, ain't you? He said he did, right, he said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old. He'll not depart from it. Some of you folks, you think, I took my kids to church three times a week, and that should have been enough. No, sir, that ain't enough. That ain't enough. I told you about that train a while ago. Train don't mean choo-choo. Amen. Train don't mean to set them down in a desk and say, do this and don't do that. That's not what training is. They call a train a train because the engine hooks up to a bunch of cars and draws it down the track. Amen. Amaziah was the engine. He was hooked up to a little boy named Uzziah, and he drew him down the road. He, listen, I said this. I thank God for the grace of God. Amaziah didn't do everything right. Uzziah didn't turn out to do everything right. But in the grand scheme of things, and we're going to learn some tragic stuff about Uzziah here in just a second. But in the grand scheme of things, in the history book of the world, God wrote, God wrote down, he did that which was right. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't it be good for you if you could if you could squeeze out of this life a life that was well pleasing to God enough, just enough that God could put it down in his book. And he is keeping a book that said, brother so-and-so, whatever your name is, or sister such-and-such, whatever your name is. They was this year old when they got saved, and they did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Wouldn't that be a blessing in your life? Amen. It's not impossible. It's not impossible, amen. Well, he said, he said 16-year-old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah. This old fellow had a big preacher to look up to. I didn't say a little skinny preacher like me. I said he had a preacher to look up to. Amen. This, uh, this society has just about ruined itself with its independence. And I, I am, I'm not preaching to Southern Baptists tonight. I'm preaching to you independent Baptist folks. 
There's been many a man, whether it's preacher or layman or deacon or usher or whatever, whatever their position is in the church, they may not have no position in the church, but there's been many a man ruined himself because he wouldn't follow who God put in their life to lead them. Amen? Amen? And this little passage of Scripture right here, which God said was for our learning, said he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who was Zechariah? He said he had understanding in the visions of God. That's what you need. Hey, Brother Mike, you know anything about science? Not too much. You know anything about languages? Not too much. You know anything about the Greek and the Hebrew? Not too much. Don't know much about that, amen. Don't know much about that stuff at all. And listen, there ain't much to that. If you, what's, what good is it to learn about uh, the stars and the moon? And what, is, what good is it to learn about the elements in the dirt if you're just going to waste your life and die and go back down there and live among that dirt and not know, much, know any more than it does? Amen. Not be listen. There's a lot of people that's going to die and be put in the ground, and they're going to find out that that dirt that they're going to turn back into has been more faithful to God than they have. No mind of its own. God just set it in its place in the heavens and said, "Be thou there, and don't move, and and don't stay, don't move out of your course." And the sun and the moon and the stars that can't even produce a thought have been doing what God told them to do for ages and ages and ages and a stubborn old man who God dressed in all of his glory gets down here and decides to do what he wills with whatever he has I'm going to do my own thing <laughs> no sir it ain't going to be a blessing neither amen amen he sought God in the days of Zechariah I recommend to you tonight to start seeking the Lord so far, you might have been seeking your own pleasure. You might have been seeking your own way. You might have been seeking to, you know, a lot of people, they, they get saved. Or I, I hope there's a conversion there. There may, or not be, there may or may not be a conversion. But I believe this with all my heart. I, I see people, they want answers. They see their need. They see that their life is falling apart. They see that the world and the flesh and the devil is destroying them. And they see, they see the Jesus of self-gratification or they see the Jesus that will rescue them from all their problems and all their trials and that's the only basis for their interaction with God and they want at some point in time go to their demise, go to the grave, go to meet their maker with nothing else beside the fact that I'm searching for a way for God to meet my needs. And let me say this, I don't want, I'm not being harsh or anything, I hope God meets all your needs. I said it before tonight, I'll say it again. I hope God meets all your needs. If I had the right words to give you, I would give you those words freely. But what I'm trying to get across to you is, when a man meets God, he has to meet a God that's high and lifted up. Amen? One of the biggest dangers in this life is you're going to lift yourself up. I read it to you this morning. The man that thinketh he standeth. The man that thinks he's something when he's nothing. That's bad news for that man. Yes, Amen. 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 Well, what happens here with Uzziah? He's found him a man to follow. This man had understanding in the visions of God. And he said, and as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You know, if you just seek him. He said, Brother Mike, I don't understand a lot of things. I didn't ask you to understand. God didn't ask you to understand. He told you to seek him. Amen. Although he did promise, by the way, if you would seek, you would find. 
Amen. Uh, the, following the Lord is not a fruitless. It's not a fruit, fruitless endeavor. Amen. If you seek Him, you'll find something. Amen. But the, the Bible said that the Bible didn't say as long as He as long as He understood everything perfectly. No, He said as long as He sought the Lord. God made him to prosper. Verse number 6, And he went forth and warred against the Philistines. He fought with God's enemies. You Christians ought to fight with God's enemies. I could elaborate on a lot of these points, but that's not the point of the message on my heart tonight. But you could fight if you wanted to. Amen. You could delineate who was your friend and who was your foe. And you, I hope you understand, I'm not talking about the weapons of our warfare being carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't fight with axes and picks and swords and machine guns for the cause of the Lord. Amen? Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'll tell you this. You've got enough Bible sitting in your lap right now to help you get over them vices you got going on. Amen? You said, Brother Mike, you're going to get on our vices again? No, your vices has got on you. I'm trying to get them off of you. Amen? Trying to get them off of you. That's what this all. But Brother Mike, we just want to know how to get in touch with the Lord. You get, if you got in touch with the Lord, you'd have to get rid of some of them vices, all, all right. Yeah, that's right. But I'll tell you what, the Bible said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Bible said it cast down everything that exalteth itself against God. Amen. That's, what this, that's what this junk you addicted to on this earth does. It exalts itself against God. Man gets on his knees and asks God to save him. And some of these worlds, God get, comes in before your face and says, bow down to me. So we got the, we got the next best movie for you. We, we got the, the next best supermodel for you to drool over. We got the next hunk of a star for you to drool over. We got the next best car and the next best house and the next best job. You just worship all these things. And God's looking for some Hebrew children that'll say, we ain't going to bow down. Our God's able to deliver us. Our God's able to satisfy us. Our God's able to lead us. Our God's able to satisfy us. We don't need to worship your God. Amen. Amen. That's what the Lord's looking for. Just get in a fight. Amen. That's what's wrong with about half of you ain't never gotten a fight. Amen. Hey, these, all these little kids running around this church building, if they used to get out there in the grass and start scuffling around and one of them got a bloody nose, you'd leave the church and never come back. They let my boy get hit. Probably be the best thing ever happened to them if they get a little black eye. Amen. I'm waiting for somebody to black Reese's eyes for him. Breathe in the paper bag. I'll wait for you to get good and recovered. Amen. I had more black eyes before I was in the ninth grade than you could shake a stick at. Done me good. Amen. Watch my mouth when I got around bigger fellas for one thing. Amen. It does. It does help. Amen. Keep your mouth closed. You won't get your eyes black. Amen. But y'all watch him. He's got a mean right hook. I told him how to press the button. Now, that might not mean to, nothing to you if you ain't done no fighting. But if there's a little spot right here. And if you can land right on that, your opponent will go out. And I told him to do that, and he just does it real easy, but he knows where it at. I jumped out from behind a door or something at him one day. 
I should have jumped at him standing full straight up, but I jumped down on his level. Bah! And it, pow! Right on the butt. And he's still little, but boy, I got a little fuzzy headed there, amen? So if you turn your kid loose on him, just know that one of them going to get hurt, amen? Amen. Let me move on before I spend too much time right there. Amen. He went forth and warred against the Philistines. It's good for you to get in a fight. Now, I, I don't want to see no violence. I don't like to see nothing like that. But guess what? We live in a world where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All these people running around now talking about bullies, and there ought be, not be no bullies. Every bully on the planet ought to get his head whooped. Amen. See, I'm on your side. I'm on the right side of things. But these people talking about nonviolence and stuff, they end up producing countries like Venezuela where you can't walk down the street without getting raped or robbed. Amen? Amen. And I'll tell you what, that's how a bunch of Christians get waylaid too. Some preacher gets up and whispers in their ear and kisses them on the jaw. And they think that this world's going to just accept them and be nice to them. And God's going to, you know, just uh, send down frogs and hail and lice on everybody that stands in the way. And one of these days, this world's going to jump on you. And you're going to say, what? Where, where's my God? He's right where you left him on the coffee table with your Bible. Amen. Let me move on. He went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jebna and the wall of Ashdod and Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him. Amen. That's where you shout and holler and run around because we ain't preaching to Uzziah tonight. We're preaching to you. Amen. You're the one that needs the help. You're the one that apply this to you. Well, this is the Old Testament, Brother Mike. I didn't read you that verse because I knew you was going to say that to begin with. Amen. See, I headed you off at the past by reading you Romans that said the stuff that was written in this Old Testament was written for your learning. And if you'd stop panicking when everything, when everything seemed to go wrong and start trusting the Lord, He'll help you. And He'll be with you. Amen. And even if things do begin to go wrong and go beyond your control, God's still in control of that. And God still walk through that with you and, and take care of your every need. Amen. And even if you go down to the grave, he'll still be there with you. Amen. amen. His grace is sufficient. I didn't get many amens right there, but I must be right in the right. Uh, that silence I'm not going to take as an indication to move on. That silence I'm going to take as an as indication to dig in a little bit. The Lord's going to be with you whether it turns out okay for you physically or not. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, he'll go all the way with you. And his grace will be sufficient for you. Hey, I might be sick in body, but I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I, might, I might have to suffer because some of the sins this old body has performed. You reap what you sow, amen. But I tell you this, God's grace is still valid. He still forgives us of our sins. Amen. Hey, if this, sin, if this sinful body dies to death, my soul will live forevermore because he shed his blood for me. He forgave me. When I called upon him, he accepted my plea. He said, yes, I'll save you. He said, Lord, I've been awful bad. Well, the consequences might be awful bad, but the forgiveness is real. Amen. I find the Lord, I find it's true from God's word and I find it true from my own experience that God doesn't deal with us after the depravity of our own mind and heart. I find that God's far more merciful to us than we deserve. 
I find that God rarely gives a man all the punishment he deserves. Don't you find that's true? Amen. Amen. That's good. That's worth shouting about right there too. But you ain't right with God enough to shout over stuff like that yet. Give me three more months and I'll try to get you there. Don't know if I will, but I'll do my best. Amen? And God helped him. Has God ever helped you? Amen? I mean, I don't think you fully understand the, 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 the range and the scope of what that is. But man, you were sick before and you called on God and he helped you. You was lost and he saved you. All this stuff was to your help and to your benefit. I don't know if you know what salvation means, but you could use rescue instead of the word saved, and that'd be what it was. Amen. Amen. You ever had a sick child and begin to pray and God do something for them? That's God's grace, but we forget about it. Once the once their snot stops running and once the fever breaks, we go, oh, well, back to normal. No, don't get back to normal if God helped you. If God helped you, I said, stay low, amen. Keep your head down. Keep fighting, amen. Be faithful to the God that helped you when times was hard. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians and dwelt in Jeroboam. And I don't even know what that word is, Mehunims. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. Yeah, that's what you do, amen. A fellow starts whooping everybody, you give him a gift. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amen. If Brother Curtis gets up there in the back and starts whooping folks, I'm going to bring him a cup of water. <laughs> Amen. That's what you do to keep from getting beat up. Amen. That's what the Ammonites are doing here. That's the Jordanians. You know the Jordan. That's the nation over there now. But the Ammonites gave gift to Uzziah. And his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt. And he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains. Husbandmen also and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Man just wanted to plant a garden. Amen. They see this big warrior. He's a warrior king and out here fighting with all these Philistines and, and all these, these kind of folks. He's out there fighting kind of like David, just always in a fight. And they said, boy, look at this great warrior. He said, I don't want to be a warrior. I just want to plant my beans in peace. Right. Amen. Amen. I didn't start no fights, but the Philistines started that. The Philistines was fighting with my daddy's daddy's daddy. And I tell you what, I don't see no reason to lay down with them or go along with them. I'm just going to keep on fighting them, amen. Amen. And I tell you what, some of you Christians, your daddy's daddy's daddy was fighting that John Barleycorn. They was fighting them cigarettes. They was fighting them dirty movies. They was fighting everything in the world. But now Christians decide just to lay down with them. Well, you see, Brother Mike, there's law and grace. Why don't you shut up with that mess? Right. Yeah. How long are you going to talk that junk? How long are you going to talk that legalism mess while it's still killing your babies? Yeah. 
How long is American Christians going to keep hollering grace in order to keep a hold of their vices when it's still killing your babies? Hmm? When is this when is this new attitude about the grace of God going to produce any revivals? When's these new Bibles going to produce anything like a great awakening? One of these days, America's going to have a great awakening. They're going to realize the house is on fire. Amen? Amen. Some of you daddies is going to wake up one day and realize your house is on fire. You've been allowing too much, too much. Amen. Amen. You should have just gotten a fight. My daddy was against the Philistines, so I am. You know, I'm a little bit pre- prejudiced. I felt a little bit uncomfortable except for Brother Nathan was sitting beside of me. I knew I was all right. There's a bunch of Japanese folks in that Japanese restaurant last night. You say, what of it? My grandpa's was a fighting them. Amen. I get around German speaking folks, I get a little hair raise up on my neck. Look around to make sure I got my K-bar and my Glock 9mm and stuff. You say, why? My grandpa's was fighting them folks. All the liberals right now are cringing. Oh, don't he know that you're supposed to normalize relationships and buy their televisions and their cars and all? How come they ain't said that about Southerners yet? Huh? Hey, they flew planes into towers up there supposedly in New York City and the Muslims knocked down two or three buildings up there and killed thousands of people and it wasn't a week before, oh, we've got to treat all these people nice. Is that what they said or ain't it? It's been over a hundred years since the Civil War. They ain't said a good thing about white Southerners yet. Oh, but I'm a bigot because I brought that up, boy. Have fun, honey. Write it down on a piece of paper. I'll pin it to my shirt. I don't care what you think about. I don't think. I don't care what you think about that. Uh, Uzziah got a hold of the Lord. He got a hold of a prophet. He got a hold of the Word of God and said, "These Philistines is my enemies. I'm against them. I'm against them." I imagine that when the Ammonites brought him gifts, I imagine that he said. Boys, that's a mighty good-looking treasure there, but y'all step out of line. We're coming to see you. Amen. Amen. You better bring gifts. Amen. If some of you knew how mad the Lord was at you, you'd be bringing him some gifts. Verse number 10, Also he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle. Like I say, the end of the verse said, The man loved husbandry. That means being a farmer. Verse number 11, Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men, had an army about him, that went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Maaseiah, the ruler, and under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and habergeons and bows and slings to cast stones. If you can't do nothing else, just pick up a rock and throw it. Amen. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was 
marvelously, 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 marvelously helped till he was strong. If you'd let the Lord he'd marvelously help you till you were strong too. Amen. Brother Mike, I just need some comfort in words. I, like I say, I wish I had the comfort in words for you, but this is as comforting as I can just about get for you. If you'll draw nigh to the Lord, he'll draw nigh to you. That's the truest words and, and the most solemn words and the most true words you're ever going to hear in your life. If you draw close to the Lord, he'll draw close to you. But Brother Micah, my life is so tore up and I don't know which way to turn. Draw close to the Lord. Well, Brother Mike, I just don't know how. Try obedience. I mean, the Bible says, the Bible paints a picture in the book of Acts that men are blind and they're groping for the Lord if happily he might be found. Hey, stop grappling with your hands trying to find him. Quit grappling with your mind trying to find some psychological answer to your woes. Stop that junk. Quit that junk. Put your hands down by your side and open your ears. Close your hands. Put them back by your side. Open your ears and say, God, what you want me to do? I got a sneaking suspicion over the last four or five weeks, God's been telling you what he wants you to do. Open your ears and when God says to do it, just do it. Just do it. We've been dealing with Reese trying to teach him how to be obedient. And the best way I've learned to explain it to him is when I tell him to do something and he begins to balk at it. Well, first of all, you've got to give them some disciplinary action. Amen? Amen. Amen. But here's, here's the verbal explanation. Just say yes. Because kids will come up with, but, but, you, but. Anybody ever heard any of them buts from their kids? They're like billy goats, Amen. You ought to do this, but, 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 but. No, no, no. Just say, okay. Just say, okay. That's the answer for you, hard head. I know, I know God's been moving. I know God's been stirring. I know God's been telling you, hey, do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. The time is now to say, Yes, okay, I'll do it. Little by little, them blinded eyes will pop open a little bit. You may not see everything clearly, but you'll see where all the points of light are. I'll just walk this way. Then. Amen? Mm, but so far, we've got blinded folks. Verse number 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him and with him four score priests. Got 80 preachers together. Amen. This is the king now. He runs a pretty big outfit. Got one of the best armies in the land. I wish we had 80 preachers that get hard on abortion. Yeah. Amen. I don't know if I know 80 preachers that ever say anything about it. I think it ought to be, well, Brother Mike, none of us are going to get no abortions. I don't care. I'm going to preach on it as often as the Lord leads me to. Amen. Brother Mike, none of us drink no beer. I don't care. I'm going to preach on it every time it comes to my mind. Amen. Amen. 
You say, what happened? Well, it might remind you not to do it. It might keep some of your kids from doing it one day. Amen. Verse number 18, they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee. He got the big guns. That's where the rubber meets the road. When they got the big guns, when they got the advantage, when they got the money, when they got the money to pay you every week for being the preacher, when they got the money to pay, and you go and tell them, hey, it don't pertain to you to make that decision. Amen. You got a bunch of Christians today making their own decisions about how they're going to live your life. Listen, I got news to you. It appertaineth not to you to run your own life. Amen. Amen. It feels as if we've hit a stump right there. Remember when the grace of God was big in your life when you just got saved? Now, don't, don't take nothing about what I'm about to say to heart because I don't believe any, any, any of these things wholeheartedly. But you know, if, if you come tonight and you got genuinely born again, and if I said to Tommy, Tommy, you just got saved. Now, son, what I want you to do is I want you to come out here and I want you to wash the commodes every week. I believe if you just got saved, I believe if God just really done something for you, I believe you'd do that. I believe, but that's, that's beyond some folks because they're too big. Hmm? Am I telling the truth tonight? There used to be some things you would do for the Lord, but you won't do it now because you're too big. Brother Mike, I used to be humble and I used to put up when people done me wrong, but you know, I'm past that now. I've learned better. You've learned wrong. You've learned wrong about that. Amen? He said, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord. You don't decide... I don't care if you're the king. I don't care if you're the lowest pauper. You don't decide what goes on in God's house. Amen. Amen. Listen to me well. This verse of scripture might come to some of you's mind about you've tried to make some decisions that God really the one's supposed to be making. Amen. He said, but to the priests of the sons of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary for thou hast trespassed. He said, get out. He churched him right there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Get out of here. So what you doing? You're messing up the program here. God didn't tell you to do that. He said, get out. He said, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. You know, this brings me to the main thing that I wanted to say tonight. I'm tired of seeing people turn their back on God, not because it offends me, not because it's, uh, not because it's a threat to pastoral authority, none of that stuff. Because it always shows up in you. It shows up in you. It doesn't show up in the preacher. It shows up in you. 
Here's a king. He's got a great army. He's got a great reputation. He's got a great heritage. He's got a great past. He's got a great testimony. He's done almost everything right. There's a few things that's against him, but God is merciful to us. If you go and read the other passages about Uzziah, you'll realize that he allowed some of the high, high place worship to continue. He allowed some things to go on that shouldn't have been go on. But his heart was right and he was going in the right direction and he was no more carnal than any other man and no more wicked than any other man. God was being merciful to him and using him and he had a good testimony, but then he got too big for his britches. You see, it wasn't the outward things that God held him accountable for. It was what's on the inside that God held him accountable for. And when he got mad because somebody told him what to do, he had that censer in his hand. I believe he raised it up, but he was going to tell those priests, you can't tell me what to do. I've got the biggest army. I've got the biggest bank account. I've got the best reputation around here. I'm the one. And as he did, that thing popped up right in his forehead. And it was recognizable. Then priests said, whoa. And it's like Miriam went into her brother Moses, whom God chose, and said, Moses, you take too much on yourself. I bet she didn't even hardly get the words out of her mouth. She broke out in leprosy. That leprosy is representation of sin. You get the, get too big in your heart, that sin going to show up. Brother Mark says your head break, your face break out in words. Amen. You ought to be up here. You ought to be standing up here looking back there. Amen. Preaching about women submitting to her husband. Call out some religion for their for their falsehoods and you've got connections to it. Amen. Don't give a rip if your grandmother's the leader of the greatest denomination in the world. If they're wrong, they're wrong. Don't make a happy hoot to me. Amen. Amen. Some things will show up in your life if you ain't careful. Then Uzziah was wroth, had the censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. I've seen the Lord do that before. And I, I promise you before God, before man, before God, before heaven, before earth, this is not any statement. I've heard preachers brag about they did this and somebody did that and God killed them for this. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm just telling you what I've seen with my own eyes. The thing that, the thing that I've seen in others causes me to fear. I'm still stupid enough to get myself tangled up in sin. But thank God he'll give me the grace to realize that I'm playing in the, 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 the hog pen and give me the sense enough to get right about some things. I'm not trying to lift myself up in any way, shape, or form, but I promise you I've seen it time and time again. People raise up, and then after they raise themselves up, God kills them. Amen. I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. It's not just something for me to use to make you be afraid. It makes me afraid, Brother Eddie. makes me afraid. Amen. This flesh can get Twisted up in the deepest sin ever imaginable. But that memory comes back. Oh, I've got, got to get right. I've got to get right. I've got to get right. Just like this great king lifted up that censer and lifted up his heart. And the thing began to break out. It'll kill you. It'll kill you. I had a lady one time I was preaching. She got so mad she got up and stormed out the back door. And a fella coming up the road to church was a little bit late and he saw her walking down the road. She was walking down the road cursing. There wasn't nobody around to curse. 
I mean, if she wanted to curse me, she was cursing me, but she could have come back and told me to my face. I wouldn't mind letting her vent a little bit. Better to tell me than to tell the air. Boy pulled over and said, what are you doing? That blankety-blank preacher up there. I guess he thought he was talking about Alan. He said, you can't talk about the pastor like that. No, that Easter boy up there preaching. And down the road she went. And wasn't long after that, she's dead. He said, Brother Mike, you believe that was because God taken up for you? No, it wasn't because God taken up for me. It's the place. God's still holy. She could have cussed out anybody that day. Result been the same. Not Brother Mike or anybody else. It's the authority that God placed in his own system. His own system. Before long she would die. I said something one night. They got to playing them guitars and stuff up there and began to be next two guitars and three guitars. And next thing you know, they're bending the strings and stuff like that. And I said to, in the, from the pulpit, I said, y'all rocking out. That ain't the way God wants it to be done. Well, they got together and had a high old time and they went out and bought this electric guitar balloon and blowed it up and put it in my seat where I sat at the church and wrote a little note and said, God didn't say this and God didn't say that and God didn't. All well and good. Deflated that thing and folded it back up and went and put it back in their seat and just left it there. Didn't say a word about it. Wasn't too long after that, that man died. Coincidence, brother Mike. I'll never believe that. Not one second that I live. Never will. Say, brother Mike, cause God was looking out for His great prophet Mike Easter. No, sir. God looking out for His word. God looking out for His principles. When man begins to lift himself up, listen. You can lift yourself as far up over a man as you want to. When you lift yourself up against God. You're going to find out that he's the only. High and lifted up. Verse 20. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him. And behold he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out. Because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king, a leper, and Uzziah the king was a leper to the day of his death and dwelt in a several house. That word several means separated. Several don't mean seven. Several means separated. A several house. So he lived in a several house with a bunch of, uh, in other words, they put him in a home where lepers lived. He dwelt in a several house being a leper for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now turn with me real quick, Isaiah chapter 6. You know what God told Moses about Pharaoh? He said, you go tell Pharaoh, and he's not going to listen to you. And he said, I'm going to get me honor upon Pharaoh. Did you know when the Lord does something to judge his people, he doesn't do it just because he can he don't do it just because he's mad. The Lord's angry with the wicked every day. Any particular day of the week, he could kill us all, but his grace and mercy is great. His long-suffering, is, you can't even measure his long-suffering. But you know why God takes measures against certain men when they lift themselves up? Not because he can please himself or get revenge, 
because of himself. He does that to teach other folks. He does that to help other folks. Isaiah chapter 6, look what it says here. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. What did they see the year before Uzziah died? They saw Uzziah upon his throne, high and lifted up. You know why Uzziah had a great army? It said, I saw the Lord sitting upon, the, upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That word train means his attendance. You know the Lord's got a great army in heaven? You know if the Lord gave you an army of 10,000, it wouldn't be enough to overthrow heaven? If the Lord gave you an army of 10,000, it wouldn't be enough to overthrow hell. The Lord did that by Himself. Didn't need an army to do it. You ought to shout about that right there a little while. That's where that, He's worthy to be shouted for. He's worthy to be praised just because He single-handedly took your sins upon His shoulders and conquered death and hell at the same time for you. One of these days, this old body's going to die. The wages of sin is death. This body's going to die, but it ain't going to stay dead. It's going to get up. You say, why? Because there's one greater than Uzziah. Amen. There, hey, Solomon was such a great king when the other kings and queens from all around the place come, they begin to look at him. The Bible said they lost their breath. They weren't able, even able to look at him. The way he went in and came out. The Bible said just the way he walked in the room and the way he walked out of a room was enough to take a woman's knee strength away. Have you all read the Bible? That's what it says. Did you know the Bible said when Jesus showed up, he said, one greater than Solomon's here. You know what Christians need? You know what the moral, if I can use that word, you know what the moral of this sermon is? You need to start seeing God as the one that's high and lifted up and not you. Oh, we got to have our rights. I got to have my rights. I got to be the one making all my decisions. Won't you let God have that honor? Why don't you let God be the one that decides whether you smoke or not? Huh? Why don't you let God be the one that decides whether you read your Bible or not? You say, well, you're preaching about these simple things. Now, with the weight of this message, I thought you was going to give us something weighty. That's the weightiest thing you've considered all week. Why don't you let God decide if you're going to pray or not? I'll tell you what, you, I'll tell you what I promise you this like there is no tomorrow. If you'd get along with God and you'd seek His face and you'd submit yourself to Him to be willingly obedient to Him and you'd get alone with Him and read your Bible for a couple of hours and pray for a couple of hours, I guarantee you when you got up from that prayer, when you got up from that submitted a little uh, devotion that you had and started to walk over there to whatever that little vice is, you'd have a hard time touching it. You'd have a hard time putting your hand on it. You say, how do you know? I've got experience as a man. Amen? 
And I know how easy it is. I know how easy it is to convince myself like we was talking about this morning. Oh, it's just a little bit. It's just for a minute. It's just going to be this or it's just going to do that. And the next thing you know, you're back in the hog pen wallering. And I know what it's like on the other hand to say, God, forgive me and have him draw me back to him. And the feeling is no comparison. The flesh just convinces you. The flesh convinces you that if you'll go on in that sin one more day, you'll finally get that. You'll finally get that joy you've been looking for. You'll finally get that satisfaction you've been looking for. But it ain't never coming. That satisfaction ain't never coming. It ain't never coming. It ain't never coming. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. But when the Lord said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you, that weren't no lie. That weren't no lie. What happens here? He said, above it stood the temple. Now it's trained, filled the temple. Had a bunch of attendants standing around. Above it stood the seraphim. One, each one had six wings. How many seraphim you got? Huh? People get high and lifted up. I got 30 acres. God got a seraphim. He, even if he just had one, that puts him on a bigger level than you. Amen. Send me one of your seraphim. Preacher, I don't like the way you've been preaching. Tell one of your seraphim to come tell me. Matter of fact, he might have them meet you on the way over here. Hmm? Say, Brother Mike, I'm just going to tell you what I think. God might have something waiting for you on your way to come tell me what you think about these sermons. Amen? The king said, hey, uh, come curse me, Israel. I'm on the way to curse Israel. There's an angel standing there. As the Bible says, the dumb ass could see it, but he couldn't. Amen. You said, Brother Mike, that sounded like cursing to me. It's because you got a bad conscience. That's why. Amen. That's what my Bible said. Amen. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Angels know how to cover themselves up. He went, come down from the heavens. Take it for what it's worth. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Wish we'd have some meetings like that around here. Then said I, here's the, here's the result. This man has lifted himself up. The year that he died, God got glory to his name. And this is the result of it. Another man looking on, Isaiah. He said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. You're talking about Isaiah the prophet. You can't even get a Baptist layman to profess that he's still a sinner. But here's the prophets. Here's the greatest apostles uh, Paul said, God came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. I'm the worst one among you. When, they, when the boat got to rocking out there on the sea and the storms began to blow, and they all began to cry to their gods and they all began to offer up their sacrifices. Hey, Jonah didn't say, well, I'm saved by the grace of God. He said, it's me. It, it's me. I'm the one. Well, there's still no solution. Well, you got to throw me overboard. How many Baptists you ever heard that? Hey, preacher, kick me out. I'm so bad. You ain't hearing that this day and time. 
No, sir. They say, boy, you better. Let me out. Boy, you better. Crying the cry of Moses. Let my people go. You ain't got here yet. You hear what I'm saying to you? Some of you is crying with your last breath. Oh, God, please quit preaching. Oh, we've been here so long. No, you ain't been here long enough yet. You ain't been here long enough yet. You ain't even got here yet. If you realize the grace of God and how he had allowed you to walk through transgression after transgression after transgression and been merciful to you while you lifted yourself up time and time and time again, he was merciful enough to you, maybe just to bring you right down here to this church house on a Sunday night so somebody could tell you, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you. Let him exalt you. Don't exalt yourself. Can't even get people to an altar on a Sunday night. Can't even get people to the altar on a Sunday morning. Can't even get people out to church on a Wednesday night. Got better things to do. You ain't got no better things to do. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. It's the best thing that could ever happen to the church. It's just all the members say, boy, I'm undone. But now most of us say, I got it made. I got it all figured out. How you doing? Doing fine. Doing no, we ain't. Amen? He said, not only am I a man of unclean lips, he said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. You know, you folks, if I'm preaching right to you and you feel a little bit bad, don't feel bad because the rest of us are in the same boat. Amen. We all need these. You know what you need? You need something off the altar. Hear this great seraphim up here saying, holy, holy, holy. That's what they'll be. They'll still be. You know what? They're saying this back in the Old Testament when you get to the book of Revelation, them angels still singing the same song. Hey, they ain't some of these modern Southern Baptists. They ain't done adopted the bouncy ball. They still singing the same old songs. Amen. Amen. When they get up there, they say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. You say, ain't nothing wrong with the Southern Baptists. What about that Coors Brewing Company? Am I right? I wouldn't go to a church that's living off the off the profits of the Coors Brewing Company, would you? Amen. Amen, that's exactly right. Amen, you say, why? Because I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply. It's all clean, too. Amen. What we need to do is just realize, hey, we undone. That seraphim that was just over there singing, holy, 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 the Bible says, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth. Talk about hot rocks. Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. You know, if you've lifted yourself up, or if you've come to the place where you realize, oh, this is a God that deserves to be worshipped, you begin to cry, unclean, unclean. You know, I, don't, I want you to understand that that's exactly what Uzziah had to spend the rest of his life saying. But you know what had happened to Uzziah? He had passed the point of no return. He cried, unclean, unclean, unclean for the rest of his days, ever how long he lived. For the rest of his days, he cried, unclean, but nobody ever come and cleansed him. 
Here's one man that saw the downfall of that king, saw the downfall of a man that would lift himself up against God, saw the results of his sins, the wages of sin is death, death, death. He goes, unclean, unclean. The Lord come cleaned him up. What's all this hard preaching about? It's so some folks would get, get right with God and start hollering, hey, it's me. It's me. It ain't you, Brother Henry. It ain't you. Now, you have to speak for yourself. You understand what I'm saying? It's not Tucker. I'm talking about me. So what's all this preaching about? It's about me, Brother Eddie. It's about me. You say, what about me? What about you, Brother Mike? Unclean. Oh, now you're the... You're the preacher. You ever had anybody, you're witnessing to them, you say, we're all sinners. You know, it's the get out of jail free card. You let people off the hook, but that's the way we do it. So that's the way we've always done it. So we're going to keep doing it that way. Don't you know Jesus loves you and we're all sinners? So get out of jail. Oh, if we're all sinners, then I'll go ahead and get saved. No, no, you're the sinner. But I digress. I need to make a different point. I say, hey, we're all sinners. Oh, not you, preacher. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think you'd be surprised that I'm probably the worst man in this building. And I'm preaching to you the way I'm preaching to you because I know the same thing that's in your flesh and in your heart. You might be right with God. You might be peachy king right now, but the time's coming when you're going to lift yourself up and God's going to jerk a knot on your head. And I just pray to God he'll be merciful to you and give you a chance to get right. The best thing to do is cry unclean at the example of somebody else. And you know, God don't have to come in here and hit Brother Clint. I've told you this before, and I believe this is a, an appropriate biblical explanation of things. I believe God let Job go through the things he went through. And I believe God let Moses go through the things he went through. And I believe God let Uzziah go through the things because they were written for our learning. God's so merciful to us dumb Gentiles that he would put other people through the hardship just to write it down in the book so we could read it and go I believe that and we said listen we ain't never parted no red seas we ain't never caused the manna to come down from heaven we ain't never parted the Jordan we ain't never done any of those miracles but one thing us dirty old Gentile dogs got on everybody else is we opened the book and we looked at it and said I believe that God looked down and scratched his head and said, it's great faith. If you'd look at Uzziah tonight, sitting over there in the several house, scratching his sores and say, oh, I ain't going to lift myself up. I'm like Isaiah. I got unclean lips. Lord, would you help me with that thing? Boy, he'd rest. Remember I preached to you the other night about the heavenly EMT. He'll run to you. That word sucker means not just that he's going to help you, but he'll run to help you. He'll run to help you tonight. You say, what do I got to do? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Amen. Amen. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, here's what it is. God don't want to just forgive you. God needs somebody to fight his battles. You say, what happened? Uzziah died. God don't have to turn around and make another general. Isaiah not going to become king. But look what he said. He said, I got my mind right. Got my heart right. The Lord gave me some purging. Like he gives you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Then the next thing he heard was, Whom shall I send? 
and who will go for us. Well, I hope you realize. I'm talking about the exalted Lord of heaven and earth. The Bible says it's trained, filled the house. Well, he got a lot of angels. He got a lot of he got a lot of departed saints. He got a lot of people standing around up there he could send to do the work. But they say, Oh, Brother Pedro, I let him go speak for me. Well, see, here's the key to that verse. He didn't say, Who will go for themselves? He said, Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Here's what the repentant man said. He said, here am I. Here I am. Send me. What makes an old country boy that barely got out of high school and got out of high school by the grace of, not by the grace, well, I will say by the grace of God, but what I'm trying to emphasize is the grace of my teachers. Or their advantage. They might have just got rid of me for their advantage. Might not have been for mine at all. What puts an old tongue-tied country boy, no education, no, no lineage, no power, no authority, no money. What puts a fellow like that in the pulpit? Boy, I'm undone. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, Lord, want to go preach for me? If you've never been shocked about God letting you do anything for him, you've never been right with him. A lot of people take it for granted. Jesus saved me and now he wants me to do all this stuff. I'm going to get busy now. Probably working for yourself. That's probably how all this change has come about. People working for themselves. They're not working for the Lord. But if you'll humble yourself and say, oh, I'm undone. Some of you still right today. You're sitting right there in your seat going, oh, brother Mike, he's done it again. He's got under my skin again. Why don't you stop that? Why don't you quit that? Why don't you say, oh, I'm undone, Lord. I, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's, it's me. Boy, when I, when I get back, said, Brother Eddie, it's easy for me to point out the faults and point out the problems. And if they would have done this and if they would have done that. But no, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's, it's me. It's me. Never been a truer song than the old song. It's not my mother or my sister, but it's me, oh, Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's, it's me, Brother Nathan. It's me. Amen. The sooner you start taking responsibility, the better things are going to get for you. I see preachers all over the place. They go to camp meetings. Well, my church is so bad and my church is so bad. I don't open my mouth like that. Don't open my mouth like it. Say what? Because if there's something wrong with you, it's my fault. I take it. I take the responsibility. Hey, if, if y'all acting like you shouldn't be acting, it's because I ain't preaching hard enough. Well, Brother Mike, you scream, scream your lungs out. Well, I must not have said the right words. It's my responsibility. It's my responsibility. Amen. It's my responsibility. You can't live your life pointing at somebody else. God in heaven might see it differently than I do it. But boy, if I tell you what, if I begin to think it's your fault and not my fault, boy, I'm going to turn to bitterness. This old flesh, it holds grudges. This old flesh, it takes, th- it takes everything personal. You better get a, you better lay that thing aside. If you've been lifting yourself up and putting yourself in place of God and making all your decisions, you better put that aside and say, God, you bought me and you paid for me and your precious blood. It's your right to send me wherever you want me to go. It's your right to command me. 
It's your right. If you've got a message, it's your right to give it. Amen? I'll say this and we'll close. It's God's earth. It's His days. It's His night. It's His time clock. As soon as you can, get on His schedule. Humble yourself to God. Let Him have the reins. You'll begin to see that He exalts the lowly. He pulls down the proud. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness and for your mercy. We pray, oh God, that you'd take the words that's been said here tonight. And I pray, God, you'd, I pray, God, you'd forgive me for every foolish moment of pride that I've had. For every time I've walked in my own ways and lifted up my own self and lifted up my own understanding, I ask you to forgive me of it. I pray, God, you'd help the folks. Lord, I don't know who you've spoken to tonight, God, but I pray that you'd help them. I know this, many of us, God, have lifted up our hearts and lifted up our minds against you. And I pray, oh God, that you'd help us with that. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us to submit ourselves to you. And I pray you'd be merciful to us, God. And I pray you'd forgive us. Lord, any work that can be done, we pray you'd work it and help us to be just the beneficiaries of it. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, God, for how merciful you've been to us. Lord, I know I can say that in my own life. God, you've let me live far longer than I deserve to live. And I thank you for it. I earnestly thank you for it, God. I've not been the daddy that I ought to, not been the husband that I ought to, not been the pastor that I ought to, not been the preacher that I ought to, not been the prayer that I ought to, not been the Bible studier that I ought to have been. I pray you'd forgive me and have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on this congregation. Help them, God. Help them to have this same mind in your presence. And I'll thank you, God, for what you do. There are those who worship and there are those who pray and there are those that do right in the sight of the Lord according to what they've been taught. But I pray you'd continue to teach us. Lord, we may go a long ways and figure out we've been allowing some things that we thought it was okay to allow. I know this is what Uzziah did. He didn't get those things in check. And I believe that might have contributed God to his heart being lifted up. We ought to get more and more right with God, not less and less. I pray, oh God, you'd forgive us for stealing your glory. And I'll thank you, God, for all that you do. Be with these as they pray, oh God.